Good morning, Living Loved. This morning we're going to be going through Matthew 3, and we're going to be talking about baptism of water and of fire. And it's going to be talking about Jesus' baptism and the different things we can learn from that and the different promises that have been given to us. So good morning, everybody, as we welcome everybody in who's going to be on the live. Hello, hello. Thanks for joining us this morning. It's Monday. Hope you all are wide awake. Took me a little bit to get up this morning, but... Praise the Lord, we have another day to live and to give him all the praise. Let me get a little worship music going here. Oh, I am who you say I am. Sorry for singing. I know my singing isn't that great. But we're going to get some people who can actually sing going here. And then I don't have to pretend like I can sing. Good morning, good morning, good morning. We got 18 people on Monday morning. Let us go. We're going to be in Matthew 3. Let me put that in the comments here. Matthew 3. If you have your Bible, or, I mean, you can't look it up on your phone right now, so you better have a Bible. Matthew 3. Uh, that's what we're going to be going through. Today, we're going to be talking about John the Baptist. And Jesus. This is where they kind of meet. Oh, that's a little loud. <clears throat> Alright. Matthew 3 this morning. Good morning, everybody. What's up, Jude? Let me pin this to the comments here. There we go. Now everybody knows. We are in at 22 people. Let's start reading. This morning, we're going to be in Matthew 3. We're going to be talking about John the Baptist and Jesus. They meet... And uh, Jesus at one point says of John the Baptist, John is the um, greatest man to ever be born of a woman. So that's a pretty great testimony, and they're actually cousins. So, I mean, I don't know if there's a little bias there to begin with, but we'll, <laughs> we'll just take Jesus' word for it because he is the word of God. Amen. All right, we're going to go through Matthew 3, and there's some really important stuff this morning, guys. I don't want you to miss it this morning. I want you to hear what the Word of God has to say. This is just me reading the Word. This is the Word spoken to you this morning. So just take it in, and I'm going to try to teach it to the best of my ability, but it's the Word that speaks to us, right? It's the sword of the Spirit. It cuts between flesh and bone, between soul and spirit. It tells us where we've gone wrong, and it teaches us how to get better, how to get closer to the Lord, and how to know Him more. Jesus' is life. Amen. Good morning, everybody. All right, let's start. Matthew 3, verse 1. In those days, John the Baptist came to the Judean wilderness and began preaching. His message was, Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And the prophet Isaiah was speaking about John when he said, He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. All right, so just in that beginning, John the Baptist came to the wilderness and began preaching. What was his message? Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Let me tell you, that message still rings true today. We all still need to repent of our sins and turn to God. That hasn't changed, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus is coming. We might not know the exact day or the hour, but he's coming, and we need to be ready. We don't want to be caught sleeping on that day. And then he goes through this prophecy about who John was. In Isaiah 40, verse 3, he is a voice shouting in the wilderness. And it just said, 
that John the Baptist was in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. And that's exactly what John is doing. He's preparing the people's hearts for Jesus, for Jesus' ministry that's about to come. And Jesus is about to teach the people all the things of God, all the things of how they need to follow him and give their life up, just like he is going to. All right? Clear the road for him. He's making a way through the wilderness. Verse 4. Just a description of John here, which is pretty interesting. John's clothes were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locusts and wild honey. Pretty wild dude, if you haven't gathered that yet. People from Jerusalem and from all of Judea and all over the Jordan Valley went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. So, John was a strange-looking guy. He wore camel hair, and he ate locusts or grasshoppers and and honey. Um, And people were coming from all over Israel to come see him and to get baptized. They confessed their sins to him. He was a prophet, right? Prophets are usually kind of strange dudes who have a message from the Lord, but people listen because they're different. Um, And they would confess their sins to him, and he would baptize them. He would take them to the Jordan River, and he would baptize them. He'd put them below the water and bring them out to show their repentance of sins. At one point, he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees, so the religious leaders of that time, coming to watch him baptize. So they were just watching what he was doing. He denounced them. He said, You brood of snakes, who warned you to flee God's coming wrath? Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Don't just say to each other, We're safe. For we are descendants of Abraham. That means nothing. For I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. Even now the axe of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever the roots of the trees. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. So what is he saying to these religious leaders, to these Pharisees and to these Sadducees? He's saying, who warned you to come out? Right? Because there's judgment. These people are going to be some of the people who persecute Jesus the most. And the the Lord's judgment is going to fall on them. And he is warning them, don't just say to each other, we're safe for we are descendants of Abraham. And that can be applied to us today. Maybe some of us grew up in a Christian church and a Christian lifestyle. um, And we've always believed in Jesus, but maybe we always haven't had a personal relationship with him. We didn't always understand him. He's warning us that we're not safe just because we've been born into a family or born into a Christian home or have always gone to church on Sunday or always followed the religious rules or traditions, henceforth and so on, whatever. So don't just say to each other, we're safe for we are descendants of Abraham, right? These, these people were the leaders of, of the religious law at that time, and they thought they were safe because they were descendants of Abraham. He says, that means nothing. For I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. So he's telling them, your descendants, your, your lineage doesn't really matter. Your heart is what matters. Your, your position with the Lord, your relationship to God, the repentance of your sins, that is what matters. That is what makes you a child of God, right? I'm not Jewish. But I have been accepted into the lineage, into the 
descendants of Abraham by my faith in Jesus and my accepting because of, of my belief in Jesus, my repentance of my sins, I've been accepted into the family of God. And that is a great promise. It's a promise for anybody throughout the world. Anybody can come to the Lord and become a descendants of Abraham, but really that means a child of God. Okay? Because Abraham had the first covenant with the Lord, that his people would be as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sands along the sea. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people who can come to God through that original covenant through Abraham. But now this new covenant is coming, and we're going to see that throughout Matthew. This new covenant of Jesus coming, coming to show us the way to live, and then dying for us, so that we can be redeemed of our sins, so that we can be washed clean, so that we can be claimed as children of God, so that we don't have to be orphans anymore, but that we can have a new life, a new father. And that we can rise with him someday. Sorry guys, I'm getting a little emotional. Here's, here's the next part that I really want to hit on. Um, Matthew 3 verse 11 says, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. This is John speaking yet. I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. So much greater that I'm not worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He is ready to separate the chafe from the wheat with his winnowing fork. Then he will clean up the threshing area, gathering the wheat into his barn, but burning the chafe with never-ending fire. Okay, so we can't miss this here. I baptize with water those who repent of their sins, right? We've seen John is doing this. And turn to God, right? They're turning to God by repenting of their sins. But someone is coming after me. He's talking about Jesus, who is greater than I. He says Jesus is so much greater than him that he's not even worthy to follow him around as a slave and carry his own, carry Jesus' sandals. And then he proclaims this about Jesus. He will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. He is ready to separate the chafe from the wheat with his winnowing fork. Then he will clean up the threshing area, gathering the wheat into his barn and burning the chafe. So what does he, what does he mean there with the wheat and the chafe? So he's ready to separate the true children of God from those who are also in the same field as the wheat, right? So there's a parable that Jesus tells later of, of the wheat field. And a good farmer, the Father God, plants seeds in this field. And it's wheat. It's good crop. It's good people that are growing up. But the devil has also come and he's thrown his own seeds. But these seeds that the devil has planted are weeds in the wheat. So now you have this field that has good crop and bad crop. It has wheat and it has weeds. But John is proclaiming that Jesus is going to separate the chafe from the wheat with his winnowing fork. What is the winnowing fork? You think of that sickle thing that cuts, cuts the wheat when they're walking in the field. It cuts the wheat down and they gather up the wheat. He says Jesus is going to be the harvester. He's going to cut down everything. And then he will clean the threshing area. He's going to separate that wheat from the chaff. He's going to separate the good people, those who have come to Christ, those who have repented of their sins, and those who haven't, those who have been in that same place but haven't accepted Jesus. 
He's going to put the weed into his barn, right? But he's going to burn the chafe. He's going to burn the weeds away with a never-ending fire. Let's keep going here. Verse 13. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. <laughs> I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. Or another way that, that was says, it must be done, for we must fulfill all righteousness. So Jesus is saying to John, you need to do your job, and I will do mine. Right? John recognizes that this is Jesus, and he says, I need to be baptized by you. I, I shouldn't be baptizing you. I'm unworthy, right? He said earlier, I'm unworthy to carry your sandals around. So he asked Jesus, why are you coming to me? But Jesus says, it should be done, for we must fulfill all righteousness. Fulfill the call that God has given you. So we're going to see Jesus' baptism here. And after his baptism, so after Jesus' baptism, as he came up out of the water, the heavens were opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son, who brings me great joy. So Jesus gets baptized here, and what happens? Jesus is the Son of God, right? This is one of the times in all of Scripture, in all of the Word, that we get to see all three of the Trinity, all three persons, all three personalities or representatives of the Godhead, all together. The heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove. So he sees the Holy Spirit descending upon him, falling on him. It says, like a dove. So a dove flies pretty peaceful, right? The Holy Spirit is not a dove, though. Right? He's a person of the Godhead. He is holy. He is God. And he falls upon Jesus. He descends upon Jesus. And a voice from heaven, the Father, says, This is my dearly loved Son, who brings me great joy. So the Father calls out Jesus. He says, This is my Son. I love him dearly. He brings me great joy. Just after the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God has settled upon him. So we see Jesus has come in human form, right? He's come to be a slave and to be led to the cross eventually and to die so that we might have life. So that's Jesus, that's the Son. And we see God calling out from heaven, from his throne, that this is my Son, right? The heavens were opened. Jesus saw the heavens open. The Spirit of God came upon him. And the Father says, this is my Son, in whom I love and in whom I am well pleased. And this is powerful, right? So we see all three people of the Godhead. Hello, Steve. So excited to see you today, buddy. So that's the significance, right? We see... Um, Blake, I think you asked, what's the significance of Jesus' baptism? So, one, I think one thing it shows us is if Jesus is going to get baptized, we should get baptized, right? If Jesus says, John, you need to fulfill your job, you need to fulfill righteousness, and you need to baptize me, and there's significance, right? What happens after Jesus gets baptized in the water? He receives the Holy Spirit, Right? He receives the Holy Spirit. We need that Holy Spirit. And he also has the Father call out to him and say, This is my dearly loved Son. 
So the other significance I already talked about is that we get to see all three of the Godhead in one, one place, one time, fulfilling the promise that the Spirit of the Lord is going to be upon Jesus, right? If you'll let me go to Luke 3, right after Jesus' baptism in Luke. Okay, so it's actually Luke 4. Verse 18, Jesus says this, and this is actually another scripture from Isaiah. So we heard one scripture from Isaiah in Matthew 3 that was about John the Baptist. But Jesus gets baptized in Luke 4, and later in Luke 4, there's another um, scripture from Isaiah 61 that gets fulfilled, and Jesus speaks this. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, right? We just saw that happen. The Spirit of the Lord descended upon Jesus. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. So Jesus is recognizes that the Spirit is on him, right? There's a significance in this baptism of the Spirit, of the Spirit falling upon him. There's a significance here, because Jesus says, I am clothed with the Holy Spirit, and now I can be sent to send good news to the poor, to blind, open blind eyes, to do all these amazing miracles. Jesus did no miracles until the Holy Spirit had descended upon him. For the Holy Spirit is the power of God. It's the power of God. Right? We see in Genesis 1 that the Spirit was hovering over the waters. It was ready to act on the, on the Father's words when he said, Oh, what does he say? He spoke everything into existence, right? I should be able to remember this, but I don't want to get it wrong. Glory, glory, glory. Well, it always just says, then God said, right? So God spoke and the Spirit created. But let's go back to Matthew 3. All right. So he's talking about this. Hello, Macy. All right. I want to go back to Matthew 3, verse 11, through, well, just verse 11, really. So John is baptizing with water, right? And we still do that today, right? We still baptize people with water to show their repentance of their sins. When they grow up and when they realize that Jesus is their Savior, they come to believe in Jesus, right? That, that moment you first believe in Jesus and you confess your sins to Him and you ask for Him to forgive you and you repent and you turn away, when you have that inner heart change and you meet Jesus for the first time, that's when you're saved. You believe in Jesus, right? All those who believe upon him and conf believe in their hearts and confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord will be saved. But there's more after this, right? Because that's just the baptism of receiving Jesus. Then you get baptized in water as a symbol, but there's also power in this, right? What happens when Jesus gets baptized in water? He has the Holy Spirit fall on him and the Father speaks to him. So, it's not just a light thing to get baptized in water. It's something with a purpose. That was Talon. He was saying glory. Um, there, there was a purpose, right? So, first we receive Jesus. Then we get baptized with water. And the water shows that we die with Christ as we go under, right? It's a form of burial under the water. And we come out. We come out alive with Christ. A new life. Right? Just as Jesus rose from the dead, we rise with Christ to a new life. 
to be filled with the Spirit, right? So that's what I'm going to be talking about. I want to talk about being filled with the Spirit. Because later, he says, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. And this is for all believers. For everyone who confesses the name of Jesus, who believes upon him, is to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, just as Jesus had, right? Because Jesus received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He had the Holy Spirit fall on him. And we are to receive the whole thing, the same thing. So I want to go through some of that with you real quick this morning. Alright. So I have some scriptures lined up here that I want to go through. And this isn't just said one time. This isn't just like, a, oh, Matthew 3 said something about baptism and Holy Spirit and fire. No, this is, this is throughout the Gospels and in the book of Acts especially as well. So now we're going to jump. We're going to do some jumping to some other scriptures here. That was Talon. I'm, I'm sorry for him, but I also love him. So, Mark 1, verse 8. Mark 1, verse 8. So if you have your Bible, go with Mark. Go to Mark 1, verse 8. We're going to do some studying up on what this Holy Spirit baptism is. Mark 1, verse 8. This is John the Baptist again. This is John speaking. He says, I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So saying pretty much the same thing. Right after this, John baptized Jesus in the, in the river, in the Jordan River, and Jesus came up out of the water. He saw the heavens split apart and the Holy Spirit descend on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. So that same thing is accounted for in Mark. Luke 3.16, the next gospel, Luke 3.16. Not John 3.16, that's a pretty common one, but Luke 3.16. This is John speaking again. I baptize you with water, but someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. So much greater that I'm not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandals. He will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and in fire. And he uses that same analogy of separating the wheat from the chaff. And again, in verse 22 in Luke, it says, The Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. Okay? So this is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's the, the following, or the falling of the Spirit upon Jesus. And that we have the same promise today. Let's check out John 1.33. So, if you guys know, there's three, there's four different Gospels, right? Four different accounts of Jesus' life on earth. And some Gospels have some stories that aren't in others, and some don't have some of the stories that are in others. But they all tell the same story of Jesus. They're for different audiences, right? Matthew's for Jews. Luke is a very descriptive account of what all of the things that happened. Mark is kind of a supernatural account. It gives the supernatural side of things and just kind of the wilder things of Jesus, and it's a little bit shorter. And John is a very spiritual gospel. Okay? So John 1, verse 33. The one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify that he is the chosen one of God. This is John speaking again. And the Lord had told him, the one you see the Spirit descend on, so, right, we saw the Spirit descend on Jesus like a dove, and rest 
to stay upon him, right? Because before the Spirit of God had fallen on people in the Old Testament, like Samson, and he would get great strength, he would kill a lot of people for Israel. But it rested on Jesus. It stayed on him. It didn't leave him. He is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is going to do the same thing to us. He's going to um, baptize us in the Holy Spirit. And then he says, I, I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify that he is the chosen one of God. I'm going to go to John. Let's see here. John 7, 37 through 39. Talks more about this. And pretty soon I'm going to give you guys opportunity. I want you to... That was John 1, 33. I want you guys to stay on because we're going to go through a prayer. We're going to pray for God to baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Right? And I'm going to give you guys a chapter that, that shows that this is for us. That this is for us to ask for. And this is for us to receive. And the Lord wants to give it to his people. So just stay on. But I just want to read the word to build your faith. To show you that this is for us. This is true. This is the Holy Spirit falling on us. Right? This is the power to overcome sin and to walk in power and to do the same things that Jesus did. So John 7:37 says, "On the last day, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, "Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart." And when he said living water, he was speaking of the Spirit, who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the Spirit had not yet been given, because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. So there's some very important things here. Jesus says to all the people, he says, If you are thirsty, come to me. If you believe in me, come and drink. For the scriptures declare, all throughout the word they've declared, Rivers of living water will flow from his heart. And when he said living water, this is in the Bible, when he said living water, he was speaking of the Spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the Spirit had not yet come at this point, right? Because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. Jesus has ascended after his death and resurrection. He ascended into heaven, and he sits at the right hand of God the Father still to this day. And then ten days after he ascended, in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit fell upon the disciples and all the believers in the upper room, and they were endued with power to go and preach the gospel. They were given spiritual gifts. They spoke in different tongues. They prophesied over people. They saw healings happen. They walked and the shadow of people, of the disciples, would pass over people who were injured and they would be healed. And this has not quit, guys. This is not done. This is not something for 2,000 years ago. This is for today. Jesus is still up there. The Holy Spirit is still down here. And he still wants to wash you with his baptism of the Spirit and fire. He wants to give you that same power. Alright? I'm going to do one more scripture. It's hard not to do more. But I'm going to do one more because I want you to stick with me and I want to do this prayer with you guys. This is from Acts 19. So Paul is going around and he's meeting new people, right? Because the Holy Spirit has sent him to preach the good news to the, to the Gentiles. And he's going to Corinth. We see there's 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, so those are later letters from Paul to the church. But he's traveling 
through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus, which is the book of Ephesians, where he found several believers. So he finds people who believe in Jesus, who are following Jesus, who had repented of their sins. And then he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They said, no, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So they didn't even know what the Holy Spirit was when Paul met them. And then Paul asks, then what baptism did you experience? And they replied, the baptism of John. So we just talked about that. The baptism of John was the baptism of water of repentance of sins. John's baptism called for repentance from sin. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. And as soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. So we see here an example of people who didn't necessarily get to receive from Jesus right while he was walking on earth. Like this is a couple years, I'm not sure how many years, but after Jesus has ascended. So the disciples have, doing the, have been doing the work of starting the church and the Holy Spirit has been with them, teaching them how to do this and giving them gifts of healing and all these things. And Paul runs into these people who had believed in Jesus, had received the baptism of John. They had come to John at the Jordan River and repented of their sins and been baptized in the water. But they hadn't heard Jesus' message. They hadn't heard that there was a Holy Spirit. They hadn't heard of this third person of God that was to dwell on them and in them. And John told the people to believe in one who would come later, to believe in Jesus. And they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, right? So they didn't have to be baptized in water again. They had their hands laid upon them. Paul laid their hands on them, and the Holy Spirit came on them. The Holy Spirit washed them in the, Holy, in, the, in the fire of the Holy Spirit, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. So, there's even more in the Word on this. But I want to talk to you guys, and I want to pray with you guys right now. I want to pray with you guys right now. If you would like to pray with me for the Holy Spirit, we want to do that. We want to give you the opportunity to do that. And just one more scripture that I need to read from Luke 11:10 that shows that this is something that we need to ask for from the Lord. So this is Luke 11 and this is Jesus speaking. This is Jesus speaking to you right now. I'm going to start at verse 9 and go through verse 13. So I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You fathers, so he's talking to human fathers. If your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to ask the Lord for the Holy Spirit. Right? When you've received Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes in you. Right? To teach you, to guide you. But there's another level of the Holy Spirit being on you, to be baptized, to be covered, to be washed in the Holy Spirit. Okay? 
So we're going to do that. If you guys would like to pray with me right now, I'm just going to have you repeat after me, and we're just going to ask the Lord for this. And you might feel the Holy Spirit washing over you, and that's amazing. But just know that the, the Bible says, Jesus said, when you, when you ask, you receive. When you seek, you find. And if you knock, the door will be opened. So even if you don't feel it, if you believe in your heart that you received it, the Lord is going to give it to you. He wants to, to give you His Holy Spirit, to give you power to walk out of sin, to power to do the same things, to do miracles, to have the spiritual gifts. And God always honors His Word. He never goes back on His Word. So right now, let's pray. If you guys can repeat after me, believe it in your heart. If, if what the Word has spoken to you today has caused you to believe that you want to receive this Holy Spirit, then just pray with me right now. Father, I recognize my need for your power to live this new life. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit. By faith, I receive it right now. Thank you for baptizing me. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in my life. Amen. Amen. So just rest in that. That the Lord wants you to have His Holy Spirit. He wants you to know Him more. He wants you to have the power to overcome all the evil in this world. He's giving you the power right now to overcome depression, anxiety, stress, fear. Those things have to go in the name of Jesus. He's giving you the power to overcome addictions, whether that be to porn, smoking, drinking, whatever it is. He's giving you that power through His Holy Spirit right now to live a new life. He's giving you the power to tame your tongue if you lie, if you tell bad things about other people. He's giving you the power right now to overcome these things, to walk in a new life. He's baptizing you in the Holy Spirit. If you choose to believe and receive, if you ask Him, He will give it to you because this is what He wants to give, His Holy Spirit. He wants you to walk with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit isn't just this ooh thing that just goes around. No, He is God Himself. He is the third person of God. He is the Spirit of God. He is the power of God. And He dwells within us and upon us, in us for ourselves, to be built up by ourselves and on us for others so that we can tell them about Jesus alright so commune with him keep praying if you felt something keep pressing into that if not keep asking the Lord for the Holy Spirit and just say Holy Spirit I know you're in me I believe in Jesus so I know you are in me Holy Spirit help me to pray Holy Spirit help me to understand your word and he will help you he's there so, let's pray one more time and then we're going to be heading out for this morning. Lord, we come before you. Holy Spirit, we come with you, Lord. And we 
thank you that you are present, Holy Spirit. We thank you that you are near, that you are teaching, that you are guiding, helping, counseling, encouraging, and that you are giving us the power to walk in this new life, Lord. Jesus, we thank you for baptizing us in the Holy Spirit. That the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives now in us. And that we have been called children of God. We are no longer lost, but we have been found and we have been claimed by God the Father, loved by Jesus the Son, and filled with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. We thank you this morning and we give you all the praise and all the glory, now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us this morning, guys. We love each and every one of you. Just keep praying. Make sure you have that personal time with the Lord where you can ask the Holy Spirit to, to teach you, to guide you, to help you to pray. It's really helped me, so I know he'll help you too. I believe Megan will be back today at 2 p.m., so get excited for that and hop back on at 2. Thanks, guys. We'll see you later.